Navigating Business Podcast, where we dive into the lives and stories of small business owners from around the country to learn what's worked, what hasn't, and everything else in between. Our goal here is to share as much high-quality business information as possible. And the best part is, it's all by business owners for business owners. Everything here is all about small business. We're here today with Nicole Fallon-Peak, CEO and co-founder of Lightning Media Partners, She specializes in content creation and management for small and mid-sized businesses and media publications. And I'll let her tell you more, but Nicole, thanks for joining us today. Yeah. Thank you so much, Nate. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. I'm excited to learn more about content. So Nicole, why don't you tell us a little bit about Lightning Media Partners, what you do, who you work with, all that good stuff. Sure. Yeah. So Lightning Media Partners is a content marketing agency. We specialize in high volume, high quality content. We like to think of ourselves as an outsourced editorial department for digital publishers and businesses that want to up their publishing game. We have a team of trained writers, editors, SEO specialists, and content strategists to help our clients elevate and execute an editorial strategy that works for them. Yeah, that's great. And what I really think is cool about what you guys do is you have kind of that whole team that's kind of covering a lot of the different pieces of content. So that's Mm -hmm. that's exciting. But Yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about content creation? Why is it important for small businesses? What does it bring to the table? Because I know all of us entrepreneurs know we need to be producing content, but I don't know if we always know why that's supposed to be (laughs) happening. (laughs) So, so tell us why that's important. Yeah. So, you know, obviously just to kind of go off of what you said there, all of us entrepreneurs have heard in a million times that content is king, but as you said, we don't always know why. So how did content become the linchpin of the modern digital marketing strategy? So just first to clarify what we mean by content creation, I'm talking about any written visual or audio asset that helps promote a brand, its value, and its expertise. So my agency primarily focuses on written content like blogs and email newsletters and white papers. But of course, content also means things like social media posts, video content, podcasts like this one and more. Digital content marketing in particular is very important for small businesses because that's how you reach customers in today's world. Every piece of content you put out there should ultimately lead people back to your website or wherever you're bringing people into your sales funnel. So from my perspective and the work I do with Lightning Media Partners, this all starts with a strong editorial content strategy, one that is rooted in search engine optimization or SEO, as most of us probably have heard. When you publish content consistently on your website that's optimized for the keywords and phrases that your ideal client is already searching for, it's a way to get them in the door and interested in what you have to say. And from there, once you get them onto your website, you can really prove your expertise and build the trust you need to convert them into a paying client. Yeah, definitely. Building that trust, like you mentioned, is so so key. I mean, when you go to a website and you see a well-done content strategy, it just automatically shows you, wow, this person knows what they're talking about. They're an Mm -hmm. expert. There's so much credibility there so quickly. And I was talking to someone on a few podcast episodes before, and they were talking about video and how that can do similar things. So Mm -hmm. it's just fun to kind of hear how you can, you know, it's not like you can go solely one or or solely the other. Usually, usually brands are taking kind of a bit of both and in using those. So Mm -hmm. I love that. But Yeah. You know, as an entrepreneur speaking, kind of like I said before, I always know I'm supposed to be creating content, but you mentioned the strategy part. I know that's not always 
something that I'm thinking through, like, what is this actually going to do besides just putting out content, right? Like it doesn't mm-hmm. actually have a, have a goal in mind. So what do you think entrepreneurs are getting kind of wrong with, or need to improve with their content creation? Where are the areas where you're like, yeah, if you guys tweaked these few things, you might see better results. Yeah. So I would say the biggest mistake that we see entrepreneurs making with content creation is thinking that every individual content channel needs to exist in its own little bubble. I think a lot of businesses do way too much work trying to come up with an original content pipeline for their blog, their social channels, their email newsletters, their podcasts, their videos. When in reality, all of these channels can borrow from the same core content strategy. So let's use your business, Navigator Bookkeeping, as an example. Let's say you write a blog post entitled 10 questions to ask your bookkeeper during tax season. That one post could be spun out into a short email newsletter, an Instagram swipe post or reel, a podcast episode, a LinkedIn and Facebook post, uh, a guest post on another high authority website, Hmm. all on that one single topic. You've only done the work really once. And each of those content pieces also reinforces a consistent message with your audience that Navigator Bookkeeping is a go-to expert in the industry and you should book a discovery call with them. Hmm. And if you're thinking that, you know, kind of doing all of these different content pieces on the same topic would get boring or repetitive, I like to remind people of the rule of seven in marketing, which says that a prospect needs to see or interact with your brand an average of seven times before they'll make a purchase. So a core foundational content strategy that can be sliced and diced from multiple channels will cover all your bases and make sure that happens. Wow. Seven times. That's surprising to me. And I don't know if that's encouraging or discouraging, but it's good (laughs) to know either way. So yeah. But yeah, I love that. And that's a, that's a great example of, of using it on a couple of platforms because I'm sure I'm not the only one who's, who's written a piece of content before, like a blog post, like you've mentioned, mm-hmm. and not really had too much interaction with that, you know, on social media or on email newsletters or whatever. And then you're just kind of mm-hmm. like, well, I just spent, you know, X amount of hours on this and I got two likes from my cousin and my mom, you know? So <laughs> uh, I think that's a, that's a great way to put it to kind of be able to reuse something that you feel is, is solid, even if it doesn't yeah. come across doesn't get too much traction in maybe one platform, you know, using it in a couple of different other places. So I think mm-hmm. that's really helpful. And it may make me go back to some of my previous old content pieces and start, you know, reusing parts of those. So yeah, yeah I love sure. it. I love it. Those are great ideas. And as far as the content side goes, I'm going to make sure to put your information below the podcast, Nicole, because I know that a lot of our listeners could, could use someone who has insights like you on that. So that's awesome. Thank helpful. you. But yeah, I want to want to talk about entrepreneurship in general. Sure. How did you get into starting a business? I know you're in business with your husband, which is an, mm-hmm. an interesting fun <laughs> interaction too. So yeah, how did how did you start the entrepreneurship journey? Yeah, sure. So my husband and I started Lightning Media Partners together a little over three years ago. We had both worked for the same digital publishing company in different offices across the country. I was in New York. He was in Ogden, Utah, of all places. And we collaborated on a few team-wide projects before we met face-to-face on a business trip in 2017. We we like to joke that it was love at first handshake. And as our (laughs) personal relationship evolved, we also started talking about starting a business together someday. We actually started a business before we even got engaged. A lot of people (laughs) think we're crazy for that. (laughs) But yeah, so we had done some like various separate freelance content and SEO projects on the side and 
one day we just kind of decided to put our talents together, launch a content marketing agency. We started pitching ourselves to people we knew and building up a client base. And within a year, we were both able to leave our full-time jobs. And now we've kind of grown the business. So we have a team of five employees and some contractors who help us deliver content to a wide variety of B2B and B2C clients. Yeah, that's some amazing growth in three years. So congrats on that. That's really exciting. Yeah, I, I love that you guys started the business before you were engaged. I mean, definitely risky, <laughs> definitely risky, yes. but it paid off, obviously. So that's exciting. But yeah. you mentioned the team of five yeah. plus contractors, which, yeah, once again, I'm mm-hmm. uh, that's very impressive in, in that short amount of time. But what's it been like building out a team? Because I know building a team is can be a really stressful and fear-filled time of entrepreneurship, right? So yes. <laughs> what's that been like for you then? Why do you think that's been, why do you think that is such a tough process for entrepreneurs? Yeah, well, this is probably going to sound pretty cliche, but our biggest challenge was just letting go of stuff and empowering our team. We've realized over time that we are the biggest bottleneck to our own growth and success. So instead of doing everything and being involved in every little process and deliverable, what we started to do is to delegate more of our internal and client-facing tasks to our employees. It was definitely scary to invest so much money into salaries and benefits and employer taxes. We recently made two of our employees full-time, which was a huge leap, but it has paid dividends in the time that we've gained back to work on business development. And obviously that's what ultimately supports further growth. Yeah. Wow. Can you share a little bit more on what that process of of handing off responsibility has been like? I mean, you can tie that into scaling if you want or or whatever, but yeah. What, what's, what was that like? And yeah, how did that go? Sure. Yeah. So really just the hardest part is trying to explain something that you know how to do instinctively, like it's second nature to you and trying to explain that in a repeatable process to somebody else, like just kind of documenting, mm-hmm. okay, this is how I approach it. This is, these are the different steps that I take. Maybe you have a different idea for how to do it better. It's, it's like, I think it's being open to that, the, the employee's ideas of mm-hmm. how to optimize things. I think that's been a challenge, but ultimately good because, you know, one person doesn't know everything. Two people don't know everything, mm-hmm. but the more we kind of get comfortable with delegating things and letting our employees develop their own workflows and processes, the the faster we've been able to grow because we're not slowing things down by saying, no, it has to be done the way that we've always done it. Hmm. That's good. Yeah. That's, that's helpful. I empathize with that as well, because just as someone who's also been writing out processes, Mm -hmm. I can feel like a process is great and really specific and helpful. And then, you know, can have an employee or a contractor work on it. And they're like, well, what do I do with this? Or I don't have this. (laughs) You're like, I forgot those three steps. And I, you know, spent all the time on it. So I think it's definitely one of those things that you're always working on improving. And I like what you said, you know, making sure they're having input in as well, the employees or the contractors and saying, yeah, like it doesn't explain this part very well, or can we add this in? Because like you said, you know, it's so instinctual that sometimes you just don't think about all those sub steps or all those sub pieces that someone right. else would, would not think about. So mm-hmm. definitely a long and, and ongoing process. So, <laughs> so speaking, yeah, about kind of scaling the business, obviously a lot of scaling has happened for you guys over three years. What tips can you give on, on doing that su- successfully and, you know, sustainably? Cause obviously it's always hard to, to make sure you're doing it in a way that's not going to burn you out either. So <laughs> yeah, h- how's that worked? 
Sure. Yeah. So the best piece of advice I can give is to narrow down your offering to the one or two things that you are really, really good at and stand firm on your price point. When we first started, we tried to be a full service digital marketing agency. We like started dipping our toes in things like public relations and social media management. But over the last year, we've really found our niche in editorial content creation. It's And focusing on that has helped us develop more streamlined processes and a profitable price point for our services without stretching our team too thin. It's also helped to get really super clear on our ideal client and stop taking on those low-hanging projects that aren't really scalable or valuable to our business overall. It's kind of been a painful lesson we've had to drop certain services and even end relationships with some legacy clients, but that has ultimately been the best thing for our business and our team. Yeah, that's a hard step being picky with clients. So yeah, always, always hard to do. I, have, I guess I have one more question. I'm sure this is a question you get often, but what kind of on average, how often do you say content needs to be posted? And I'm sure this has, you know, it could go a lot of different ways, <laughs> but can you give me like a baseline? What do you see? You know, is it, I've heard people say, every day. I've heard people say two to three times a week. What are kind of your opinions there? Yeah. So I do get that question a lot. That's something that a lot of prospective clients ask us Mm -hmm. and just a lot of business owners in general. This is probably, it's a very hard thing to determine, but the most important thing is that you're consistent about it. You can post, you can post every day, but you have to be able to keep that up sustainably. You know, if you post every day for three weeks and then you drop off the face of the earth that, you know, you kind of lose some of the momentum that you've built. So I, we always tell our clients to start small, start slow and scale up as you have the resources to support that growth. I think, you know, starting with like once a week is probably like a good, comfortable starting point for a lot of small businesses, you know, even twice a month if you have to, but as long as you keep that up consistently and increase your publishing schedule gradually, that's really the best thing that you can do. Sure. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I was just looking at someone's, another business's Facebook page the other day and they hadn't posted since 2018. And it just was, it just was instantly kind of like, not that I, you know, stopped paying attention to them, but it just instantly was kind of a weird feeling. It was like, ah, you know, to have a a social page where you're just really not interacting, it made me Mm -hmm. almost want to look elsewhere, you know? So I think that consistency is really important. Like you said, I'm not going to notice if someone posts every single day, but if they don't have a post in four months, I may notice that, you know? So it's a good point. Well, Nicole, yeah, so much great content, no pun intended, really (laughs) helpful. Where's where's the best place for our listeners to check out what you guys do and, and all that? Yeah. Thank thank you so much for the opportunity. I really love talking about stuff like this and I'm glad to just be able to chat about it with you. You can check us out on our website, lightningmediapartners.com or also on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram under that handle, Lightning Media Partners. Yeah. Just that's where we hope we can, that this podcast episode has helped some entrepreneurs figure out where they want to go with their content strategy. And we're happy to help anybody who, who needs a hand with it. Yeah, no, I'm sure very helpful. And I'm, I would imagine your website and social media channels has some solid content pumping out consistently. So we'll make sure to check that out, but yeah, I'll put the links below the podcast as well. So they're easy to find. So thanks again, Nicole. Thank you so much, Nate. I appreciate it. Take care. 
Uh, great talking to you. And thanks listeners for joining us today. And we'll see you next time on the Navigating Business Podcast. Mm-hmm.